Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler Communications. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. I think it's that time. I think it's time to look ahead on a Wednesday night here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. That way you get notified when we have new content available to all of you. Let's turn my light on so you can actually see me a little bit better, too. Hey, also, download us on the Fosty Network app. You can find us on demand there on your LG, Samsung, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV devices, or stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Download us on your favorite podcast app, widely available wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us that five-star review. really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Meter. I'm joined here with my co-host, Danielle Dubois. She's back after a hiatus last week. We're happy to have her back. And, of course, we have Mr. Brian Scott of the Injured List Podcast to help us out with those headache injuries. Brian, you're very uh, you're very bittersweet, man. I love having you on the show, but it's a lot of bad <laughs> news when we have to kind of go over things with you. Well, I mean, you could look at it like that, or you could look at it like I'm bringing you some good news because I'm giving you some insider well not necessarily insider but some really deep information here to allow you to be a little bit more analytical than you otherwise would be able to and help your fantasy roster so and that's why we love you danielle how are you doing tonight i'm doing well i'm excited to be here we are happy to have you back because everyone's just tired listening to my voice and watching me on the screen all the time so we need other people to take away from me uh that's what i'm told anyway but let's go ahead and get into the injury inquiries. Injury inquiries. Oh. oh, oh. All right. First up, Brian, let's let's get into this. I'm actually going to talk about Stafford first because he yeah. actually practiced in full today. So what do you think about Stafford being able to play? 
yeah, it sounds like um, he's probably going to get cleared off the concussion protocol if he got through today's practice okay, which from all reports I've read, he has, and uh, we should see him Sunday. All right, that's one piece of good news. Now, here's the bad news. Cooper <laughs> Cup in his uh, ankle. Yeah, tough break. Um, not literally. Uh, sounds like he had a really bad high ankle sprain, and what can sometimes happen with high ankle sprains is um, uh, the ligament that's important in stabilizing the ankle joint gets injured so significantly that it causes the ankle to become unstable. You don't necessarily have to fracture anything, um, but he tore the ligament, which is a major ligament called the syndesmosis, enough that it likely caused his ankle to be unstable. And a lot of times that becomes, that can be evident very immediately, basically. And when I heard that he was having surgery, then that must have been the case. They probably knew right away that this was an unstable ankle, a very high grade, uh, high ankle sprain. Um, you know, and uh, unfortunately for him, he's going to the IR. Now, the qu- the big question is, is he going to make it back before the end of the year? And my take is it depends on where the Rams are. If they're in a position where they could potentially be in the playoffs and make a run, then there is a chance he can make it back on the field and contribute. If it looks like the season's starting to tank, uh, we may not see him back the rest of the year. Um, these surgeries are what you hear about is the the tightrope procedure. The tightrope is actually the device that gets implanted to help reconstruct the ligament. It's not the actual name of the procedure, but um, this surgery is very good. The recovery time is very quick. Um, On average is somewhere between a hundred days plus or minus 20 days. But but when elite athletes can actually participate in a competitive game, he can be back in the practice field as quickly as almost 40 or 50 days. So you're looking at maybe four or five weeks on the practice field. But realistically speaking, getting back into a game competition, you're probably looking closer to six weeks. That time frame can probably be moved up depending on the Ram situation. Um, but I really think that's going to factor in whether we see him back or not. So basically, this is what we're getting at. Cooper Cup could be available for your fantasy playoffs, maybe, if the Rams are able to win a couple of games here and realistically be in a wild card spot, which frankly, if you point out the NFC right now, is not out of the realm of possibility. As as bad as the Rams have been, the NFC is so bad. And remember, now there's seven teams that make the playoffs. You can mathematically be in it. The Rams can mathematically be in it. So I would not, I've gotten a ton of questions this week about it. So that's why I want to just address it now. Yeah. Do not drop Cooper Cup. If you can trade Cooper Cup, great. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. But do not drop Cooper Cup if you think there's any shot that you're going to be in the playoffs because there is a chance he could be back for that. So th- that that's the big takeaway there. Thank you, Brian, for breaking all that down because that's that's yeah. the big one for the week for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you have an IR spot, like at least put him there for a couple of weeks and just see how this kind of plays out. Right, exactly. Because he could be back in four weeks, which means he'd be back by week 15, week 16, there you go. Now you got your Cooper Cup back. It's possible that could be the case. Now, to your point, if the Rams do wind up, they don't string together a couple of wins and they're out of it, then we'll probably won't likely see Cup for the rest of the season. Uh, lesser names, Corey Davis. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Corey Davis, if you're watching this show. I doubt you are. But uh, Corey Davis and his ankle injury. Yeah, so there was the, the talk around the organization was that he would be back after their week 11 bye. Um or I'm sorry, back week 11 after their bye last week. So here we are, uh, and he didn't practice today. Um, but when asked, Coach Sala said that uh, depending on how he progresses during the week, he could still be available. However, uh, with this MCL injury, I believe is what he had, 
um, I'm not that optimistic that this is the week we see him back because um, he's going to need to get in at least some limited practices before he steps on the field Sunday. So, um, And this is a big game. They're not going to throw him out there if he's not 100%. They need to win this game. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, until I see him on the field uh, during practice week here and ramping up his activity, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to predict that he's going to be out there and available. Yeah, it's never a good sign when a player doesn't practice that first game back from a bye week. But Corey Davis, he's not important for your fantasy leagues. Who's important here is Garrett Wilson. If Corey Davis is going to be out. Elijah Moore, I don't know when or if he'll ever be out of the doghouse. Garrett Wilson's been the guy. We'll talk more about him later on in the show. What about Mark Ingram and his knee? Saints did a lot of weird acquisitions, just like signing David Johnson and cutting loose a couple of guys this past week. So I'm starting to wonder, is Mark Ingram getting back this week, do you think? He didn't practice today. No, I don't think so. Again, this is um, he's, he's only missed two weeks so far, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And so... You know, you could expect at least a four-week absence, in my opinion. So I think it could be another week or two still. With uh, with Randall Cobb, he's going to be active. He got activated off the IR. Do you really think he's going to be able to play Thursday? And if he does, what are we really looking at as far as his participation level? Um, I don't think so. They're 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 tomorrow night, right? They're Thursday night game, right? Yeah, this Thursday week, night. Yeah, game. I'm I'm not optimistic that he's going to be ready for tomorrow night, but I think we should see him back next week if he's able to progress through practices um, heading into next week. And with the uh, extended break uh, from the team, you know, having the Thursday night game followed up by next week, um, he he should be able to prepare and get ready for next week. I think that's more realistic. Uh, with Josh Allen, we know we know he was able to play last week, so the, the, him being available this week's not so much the question. The question I have for you is. What did you see this past Sunday? How do you feel about him and his elbow injury moving forward? I, I still think it's probably playing somewhat of a factor. Um, you look at some of the throws he was making off his back foot into the end zone toward the end of the game, trying to squeeze it in a tight window, and it didn't happen. You could probably say that maybe he's got a little pain and weakness in that elbow, and it could be affecting his velocity. Um, you know, he'll never say that. Of course, but uh, you know, with an ulnar collateral ligament injury in a throwing athlete, that's always a concern. Um, and I had said last week or the week before, you know, the the things that I would look for, the things that would concern me, would be him having to throw the ball with any type of velocity down the field. And uh, that one play toward the end of the game there, uh, where he was intercepted in the end zone, was a classic example of that. And he got picked. Um, he was trying to put it in a place where he maybe normally he could if he had a healthy elbow, but who knows? Maybe that elbow was the reason he couldn't get it in there in time and uh, led to the interception. But, you know, that's the things I would look for going forward with him. He's going to be limited in practice probably the rest of the way. He was limited today. Um, so I don't think you're going to be seeing him doing a lot of throwing, especially anything too strenuous during this practices. Um, he's going to be saving his arm for game time from now on. The great thing about Josh Allen, though, for fantasy football teams out there is that he runs like a gazelle. All right. So Cole Komet, he's got a knee issue. He's been on fire. So we got to know what's going on with Cole Komet because we're running out of tight ends to even <laughs> like here. Yeah, I'm not too concerned, to be honest. Uh, sounds right, like good. it might have just been like a, a thigh contusion or deep thigh bruise. Uh, he sat out today, um, but reporters had asked him and quoted him as saying that he's not too concerned. He feels good. Uh, I think it's more precautionary than anything. We should see him suit up. Thank goodness for that. Uh, and I got two more injuries for you, both on the Eagles. We'll go with the A.J. Brown because I'm a little bit less concerned about that. But what do you think about with him and the ankle roll and he's limited today in practice? Um, you might have thrown this on my list and maybe I missed it. But, yeah, um, it wasn't wasn't he like carted off the field? 
AJ oh, Brown. No, no, he he, he, oh. he walked off. And then okay. he missed a couple of snaps, and he played the rest the rest of the game. Yeah, didn't do much after that. Yeah, not too not too uh, concerned. I think at that point the game was probably out of reach, and they probably were saying, you know, let's just hold him out and make sure he's good to go next weekend. So, um, limited limited is fine by my, by by me. Um, I think it's more just kind of let's keep the swelling down. Let's make sure he's ready for game time. Could be a true game time decision, but as long as he's able to get on the field limited, I think we see him ramp up his activity heading into the weekend. He probably will be ready to go. Now. Dallas Goddard, I'm not exactly sure what happened to his shoulder. Um, looked like it might Nobody have been. because everybody was too much paying attention to the, the play that happened to the right. penalty <laughs> when well, he got hurt. And that's, and that's where I was not paying attention to the play. I was watching the replay of him getting hurt, trying to figure out what happened. It looked like he might have just separated his shoulder, but uh, obviously significant enough that they felt he needed to go on IR. Um, so he's out four weeks. Uh, question is, is he going to be back in four or is it going to be longer? Um, it's hard to say, not knowing exactly what the injury is. Um, but, you know, he's also been um, uh, playing through a couple other injuries as well uh, throughout his season. And, you know, throughout his career, he's been pretty banged up from year to year. But um, it must have been significant enough because he's on IR for four weeks. So, Yeah, unfortunately, like I said, we're losing <laughs> tight ends here. It's not pretty <laughs> at all. We'll have a couple more that we'll talk about in tomorrow's show. But that's going to be it for Brian Ford now. Brian, thanks as always for coming on to the show. Where can we follow you at? What what do you want people to check out this week? All right, so I'll be back tomorrow night. Hopefully my voice will be even better. And then uh, Sunday morning, I will be on Belly Up Network doing another show, which I always do on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, the caveat to this Sunday Uh-oh. is that I will be doing it from Vegas, baby. I will be in <laughs> Vegas. And I'm bringing my iPad. I've got all my stuff. Vegas, I'm bringing it with baby. me. I'll be doing my last-minute Sunday updates live from Vegas, from the Wynn Hotel, from my room in the pitch black while my wife sleeps probably in the other room. Um, and that's that's my uh, claim to fame this weekend. I'll be doing my live uh, injury reports from Vegas. So if you have any good bets that I should do or drop some money on over the weekend, let me know. Send me a message. Or well, here's all you got to do email. for that. You just got to watch our Cashing Friday show okay. on 10 p.m. Eastern. That's all we talk about for an entire Done hour. Deal. Is our bets Done our deal. I will, so, be, I will be tuning in live from Vegas to, to listen to that. <laughs> that, absolutely. We'll we'll make sure you're hooked up and right, win, yeah. come back actually winning some money, something people don't normally do good, when they man. come back from Vegas. All right, Brian, thanks so much for coming All on, right. man. We'll see you tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, we well, well, I'll be able to wish you luck tomorrow. So we'll talk yes. about that. Yes. All right. Take care. <laughs> take it easy, man. Again, that's Brian Scott at host Brian Scott on social media. Make sure you check out the injured list podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, Danielle, now it's our time to shine. It is the first half fantasy football preview for week 11. We got the first four matchups we're going to talk about in the first segment. And it's going to be the Titans and the Packers, of course, a Thursday night game. We got the Bears against the Falcons. We have the snow game, which really makes everything out of whack. We'll try to get through that game as best as possible between the Browns and the Bills. Talk about three to six feet of snow for that game, by the way. And then we have the Eagles and the Colts. So what's the time for? That's right. It's time for the obvious starters of these matchups. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. And we can talk about that snow game right off the bat, because obviously Josh Allen's still my number one quarterback, even with the elbow injury, because the guy just runs, and he still had a good game anyway. But if it is going to be three to six feet of snow, That's where this thing gets really, really interesting. Usually that favors run games over pass games. 
Allen will still be able to use his legs. I don't know what the wind factor is going to be yet. I think that's that's more of the key than the snow is, in my opinion. You can still throw the ball if the wind's not howling, but I don't know what that case is going to be just yet. Daniel, what are your thoughts on a game that might have that much snow in it? Are you are you looking to try to stay away from it? Or you're just like, look, I'm just going to play my guys and hope for the best. Honestly, play your guys and hope for the best. If you have Josh <laughs> Allen as a quarterback, you probably don't have the best backup quarterback if you have a second quarterback yeah exactly so I'm assuming that that's your best option unless you really want to go out and try to get somebody which at that point is just so useless go with Josh Allen he's Josh Allen he can do amazing things just by running the ball we've seen it in non-snow with snow now I think it will be definitely difficult but he can do it he knows what Buffalo weather is like he knows how to use his legs I'm not too concerned for him at least yeah, I, I'm not too concerned when it comes to Allen either. The receivers, we might have something more to talk about, especially when it comes to Gabe Davis, but we'll save that for later on. Jalen Hurts comes in at my QB3. Should be no surprise there. Yes, he loses Dallas Goddard, but he still has two really good weapons in A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and the most important weapon of all, his legs in the end zone. Here's what I'll talk to Danielle about, because I, I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. And in that time, a guy named Justin Fields has emerged as a top five quarterback on my book. Gets to play the Atlanta Falcons this week. So give me two things. One, give me what you think about him being a top five this week against Atlanta. Two, is he a top five quarterback the rest of the season in your eyes? Because they do have a tougher schedule after this. For this week, yeah, he's an amazing quarterback to start I have him on one of my teams because I saw what he did a few weeks ago and I said all right I need to grab him now before everybody else scatters and tries to pick him up because Kirk Cousins not doing it anymore so I picked him up it was a beautiful pickup I was so happy I did this past week was beautiful beautiful for him (laughs) however going forward I am a little bit more skeptical because we just saw him start to break out. He's really he's been doing well since they basically played New England. Ever since then, he's been pretty on fire. But with harder teams, I still think he will be a good quarterback, just not as high scoring as he was this past few weeks. Yeah, I, I think that's why Justin Fields right now, he's actually been one of the most commonly traded players at the moment, people trading high. Now, preferably... I like to trade high after this week because you might get maybe your third 40-point game in a row. That like That's potentially on the table here against the Atlanta Falcons, just especially the way he's been running the ball. Now, if you do stick with Justin Fields, not all is lost. Because he runs so much and because they are playing better and calling plays better for him and utilizing him as a playmaker, not as a pocket passer, even in some of these tougher matchups, he could still have a safe floor. But to your point, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because I'm in the similar boat that you are. I picked up Justin Fields. I had Kirk Cousins as my starting quarterback. We know Cousins at least has a safe floor. Would you look to trade Justin Fields for maybe, you know, sell high for a, a, a good running back, a good receiver, and just stick with the floor quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who does, by the way, have a nice playoff schedule? Or would you rather say, you know what, Fields runs, he's a Konami code, I'm going to stick with him at the quarterback position? Oh, that's it's pretty tough. I feel like it really depends on who your wide receivers and running backs are already. If you really need that wide receiver depth, if you really need that wide receiver one because your wide receiver all of a sudden got hurt or has just been absolutely awful lately, then sure, go for it. Kirk Cousins, even like we we've seen it before, he does not have 
a bad floor. He he has the potential to get around 17, 18 points every week. Good averaging. So I think it really depends on your depth of your team, but it would be pretty great if somebody really wants him and is willing to give you like a great wide run running back one or wide receiver one. I I tend to agree. I think, I think I'm sticking with Justin Fields for now because I don't really need that player yet in my lineup, but I think you played it out perfectly. It depends on your roster construction. He can be that golden ticket to help amplify if you need that position because you lost somebody and if you have a safe enough floor quarterback like a Kirk Cousins or something of that nature. We do have a question coming in, and make sure you keep these questions coming in all night long. Jimmy J. Holiday, uh, I have Devil Cook and Alexander Madison as a backup. Should I drop Madison for Isaiah Pacheco this upcoming week? Uh, look, first, my first question to you, Jimmy, would be, do you have somebody else you can drop? That would be my first question. Let's say you don't. Let's say, look, no matter what, Madison's the only guy you can conceivably even drop on your roster. Then it becomes, it depends on what you have. Do you need Pacheco for a spot start? Or is he just a lottery ticket that you're holding on to to see what he becomes? Because if he's just a stash, and I have Dalvin Cook, I'm not dropping Alexander Madison for him. This could easily go back the other way and be a three-man rotation again. Yes, it had been trending where Pacheco was working ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but for him to go from 19 and 17 snaps all the way down to four in one week, Andy Reid already coming out and talking about today that that wasn't really part of the game plan, just kind of how the flow of the game went. They could put more of an emphasis on making sure Clyde edwards doesn't get that low involvement again. And it's a team that sometimes they just decide they don't feel like running the ball that day anyway. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. (laughs) Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. There's a lot going on Pacheco. I'd rather secure myself with Dalvin Cook if I can, but it does depend on if you're in one of those two other situations. But what do you think, Danielle? I agree. I really don't see anything really extremely special about Pacheco that I would make me really want to go out and get him. Uh, like you said, unless you're really looking for someone to develop kind of on your bench, see how he does. Sure, go ahead. If you have that spot, go for it. Why not? But I would not recommend picking him up otherwise. 
I like it. All right, let's get to our obvious running back starters. Obviously, you start Derrick Henry. Obviously, we start Nick Chubb. And back in my good graces, actually, no, I shouldn't even say back in my good graces. I had him as an RB8 last week. I was much higher than the ECR was. Called that shot. RB6, Jonathan Taylor. The Colts look like they reestablished an identity. The Eagles are not the same run defense without Jordan Davis, even though it seemed like Troy Aikman was not aware of that information during the Monday night broadcast. They just kept saying, I don't know what's happening with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm like, did you do any homework on this team? But whatever, I digress. Anyway, so Jonathan Taylor is back up, in my opinion, to being an RB1. Here's my question to you, Danielle. Do you trade him while he's bounced back? While everybody's happy they finally got their Jonathan Taylor back, do you think he's this guy to come and therefore you hold on to him and maybe gives you that RB1 production you've been hoping for all year long? Or do you trade him and say, hey, while everyone thinks you are, I'm out in case this thing implodes again? Personally, I would trade him while everybody's super hot about him because at this point, if I've had him on my team for this long, I've probably found other running backs to do his job and fill in for him while he's had this extremely upsetting season as we all were not expecting um this last week was great I was very excited to actually see him perform like his old self again and with the new interim head coach maybe we'll start to see that more often but I am still so in he's still inconsistent in my mind he hasn't made up the ground for the first half of the season yet so if you can trade him high while everybody else is freaking out about his huge potential and thinking that he's going to go back to his old self because I really don't know how this is going to play out because overall it is the Colts and we have seen some extremely wild action from them this year that has not been that talented. And not every week do they play against the Raiders. And I think that's the big point that I made going into last week. So I, I ranked at RBA. I was way ahead of the ECR. It's the Raiders. The Raiders make a lot of bad things look good. Okay, now I don't think Jonathan Taylor goes back to being the guy that we're questioning is he even an RB2 anymore. I don't think he goes that far. But for instance, like this week, I have him ranked one spot ahead of Nick Chubb. But for rest of season, I would definitely go to Nick Chubb owner and offer Jonathan Taylor straight up for Nick Chubb for the rest of the way. Because I know Nick Chubb's not going anywhere. I know he's going to be great. This Colts team could still implode because they're not playing the Raiders every single week. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. I'm with you. I would do it for, of course the right price like anything else let's talk about our wide receivers you have to start stefan diggs and you have to start aj brown that that's a little less concerning stefan diggs in a snowstorm because he's so quick and he's able to get in and out of his cuts so easily he's just and he's great a tactician route runner guys like him are affected less in snowstorms. again barring the wind the, the wind can screw up an entire passing game and we don't know exactly what the wind's going to be like just yet come sunday make sure you keep an eye on that by the way Good marker to go by. If it's 20 miles an hour or more, that will affect passing games. If it's less than that, you should be all right. But if it's 20 miles an hour or more, that typically will affect passing games. So just got to keep that in mind. Stephon Diggs right now is my wide receiver three. A.J. Brown's my wide receiver six. Danielle, what do you think about them? I like exactly what you're saying. I think, I mean, even though we, I don't really know what's happening with the Bills, it is pretty hard to predict yet because we obviously don't know what the wind's going to look like. But it's Diggs. He's main wide receiver. Definitely still play him. There's still a lot of potential. If you have Diggs, you're not going to bench him for a snowstorm. I mean, 
he still has potential to do really great things, even in the snowstorm. Even if it's not his normal like twenty-four point game, it might be like fourteen, fifteen, but still a win if you have him. I agree. We have a question coming in from Legacy. Do I trade away Chase Kamara and Amon for CMC Higgins and Mike Evans? Very interesting trade here. And my answer is going to be yes for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Chase, we don't know when he's going to come back. He's still on crutches. So it, it could be the next couple of weeks. Maybe you have him back for the playoff run. And even if you do, though, how effective is he going to be? He might not be up to 100% until the playoffs, the NFL playoffs, come around. So there's a little bit of risk there. I don't know what's going on with the Saints. They refuse to start Jameis Winston. They have Andy Dalton. Their offense is completely putrid. And Alva Kamara has been terrible over the past two weeks. Not that I don't think he won't rebound. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But I'd much rather have CMC than an Alva Kamara. And then Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been good. He got back on track, but the Bucks' offense looked like they turned the corner. I think the value between St. Brown and Evans is washable when you compare the value between a Kamara and a CMC, in my opinion. But, Danielle, what do you think? Yeah, I like this trade a lot. If someone's willing to do it, I would take them up on it. Like you said, Jamar Chase is so hurt. Higgins is a huge part of that offense this season, so that is a key aspect for fantasy. Also, Evans, it seems like the Bucks have started to figure out their offense again, which is really nice to see if you're an Evans fantasy owner. And Amon Raw is not the way he was the very first two to three weeks when he was getting those 40-point games. Everybody freaked out and were like, oh, wide receiver one, Cooper Cup, like just like Cooper Cup last season, going to be 30, 40-point games every week. No, that's not really how it works. It's still the Lions, ultimately. He did have an injury. He's rebounding, but... If someone's willing to take that trade, go for it. Lock them in. So we got to lock them in. We don't have any quarterbacks to lock them in position, but I do have running backs there. I got Aaron Jones at RB12. I got David Montgomery at RB14. And I got Miles Sanders at RB15. Now, with Aaron Jones, if they just do... What they did this past week against Dallas, which is a very good defense, by the way. Jeffrey Simmons may be out of this game for Tennessee. That's huge as far as their run defense effectiveness. If the Packers just stick with your identity is to run the ball. I feel like I've said this before, and then they flip-flop on me for no absolute reason from a week-to-week basis. Aaron Jones will be an RB1. So, Danielle, tell me, we're looking ahead. Look ahead to the future here for me on Thursday night. Do they stick with their identity or no? God, I hope so, because if you just look at the statistics of his past, it goes 28 points, 19 points, 6 points, 23 points. So, like like you said, they cannot stay consistent with their offense. So, if we're going by that kind of rules, it seems like he's going to have an off week again. But I'm hoping finally figure it out. Hopefully, they decide to keep it a running game because we've seen what happens with the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball every single time and it does not necessarily work out every single time like they hope it does so here's hoping Aaron Jones is our running back this week because if he plays like he did last week that is a for sure RB1 spot David Montgomery I feel like he always finds a way to be like a league winner by the end of the year. It could be back and forth. It could be inefficient for the majority of the season. But when you need this guy the most, all of a sudden the doors open 
and the usage becomes there. Now Khalil Herbert's out for the next four weeks, at least, on the IR. Monk, you can talk all you want about Tristan Ebner. He's there to be a backup, nothing more. Dave Montgomery's going to now dominate this backfield. A backfield in which Justin Fields has been running a lot, but also a backfield that has a nice matchup this week against the Atlanta Falcons. That's why he comes at the RB14 spot for me. There's no way David Montgomery's not going to be in my lineup this week. Probably not ever, because now with Khalil Herbert out of the way, not only is he guaranteed the carries that he was losing out before, but he's guaranteed to maintain the passing down role or the negative game script role that he had previous to anyway. Yeah, we saw it against Denver where he got five points. It was pretty disappointing for me because I thought that was going to be a bigger game for them because the Broncos are not necessarily the best team. So I feel like they could have been a little bit more productive there. But like you said, Montgomery will be taking over a spot now that Herbert is hurt. So I see this being a really good matchup for them. It's the Falcons. We all know that their defense is not ideal. So this should be a really good matchup for Montgomery. I know Miles Sanders is maddening. I get it. I understand. But he's been an RB2, believe it or not, for the mo- most part of the season. The, the big reason being he's actually found the end zone a few times. Now, I know that's been hit or miss with Hurts and hit or miss with Kenny Gainwell. You just need Miles Sanders to get 12 touches. With Dallas Goddard out and maybe A.J. Brown a little bit banged up, Shaquille Leonard for the Colts is going to be out, too. It's mixing up well where I think he'll get about a dozen touches at least. And as long as he gets that, he gets about five yards of carry, usually turns in an RB2 performance. So Miles Sanders is not the sexy play, but he is still a play nonetheless. We got some heavy questions coming in here. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, Godspard traded Connor Foreman and Curtis Samuel for Waddle and Schultz. Also, Ramondre Stevenson, Schultz, and Pickens for Mike Evans and DeAndre Swift. And I guess he's just asking us, I'm not going through the, he has another question here. We go through his entire team. We don't need to do that. I guess he's at, let's, let's grade it, Daniel. Cause I think that's what he's trying to get out here. Let's, let's, let's grade that for him. So basically he made a trade and then he made a second trade at the end of the day. If I'm understanding this correctly, he wound up with Waddle, Evans and Swift in a combination of James Connor, Foreman, Curtis Samuel and Ramondre Stevenson and Pickens and Pickens. So what do you think? You have Connor, Foreman, Samuel, Stevenson, Pickens. You get back Waddled, Evans, and Swift. Go. Getting Waddle and Evans and Swift are is a pretty good deal overall. Um, I Waddle's been electric this year with Tua. The combination of him and Hill and Tua has just been absolutely insane and very maddening as a Patriots fan. Swift is starting to rebound after his injury. He's getting out there a little bit more. We're seeing him start to take over his old self role. I think overall, that was a pretty good trade. I do really like Foreman, though. So that was the part where that kind of ticked me a little bit mad because I really do like Foreman. He is a really good running back. Um, what, what irritated me a little bit about that, I think overall it's good. You got Waddle, who's been a wide receiver. One, Evans, I think, is turning the corner. What bothers me is that you gave up Stevens and you got Swift back in return. That part bothers me. Now, you obviously you want more firepower in your wide receiver position. That's what you kind of got with when you get Waddle and Evans back, where everybody else was kind of, you know, a, a hit or miss type of player you had at the wide receiver position. So, Keeping that in mind, you'll actually be able to play those guys because you have running back depth. Ultimately, 
it was a good deal. It was a good, I, I, I suspect it was at least two trades you had to make there. So we'll say good job, Godspard. Just be careful when it comes to DeAndre Swift. Hopefully you don't have to rely on him. Okay, so let's get back to what we were talking about here. And then we're going into the wide receivers. My lock them in wide receivers. I'm locking in Alan Lazard as my wide receiver 14 this week. I get it. Christian Watson was the big flavor of the week. He went off for three touchdowns. And I have some other thoughts on Christian Watson himself for later on in the show. But the fact is this. Alan Lazard still has five touchdowns in eight games. He's still typically going to be the number one wide receiver. He was still targeted just as much as Christian Watson. Watson is not going to usually get three touchdowns in a single game. I'm going with Alan Lazard as a high-end wide receiver, too, this week. Danielle, what do you think? Yeah, overall, Green Bay is not going to be using Watson as they did last week. I know in fantasy, everybody sees one great game from somebody, and automatically they have to pick him up immediately because, you know, that's, that's for sure how fantasy works. Every single week, that's breakout week is going to be every single week. I think Lazard is a pretty consistent player. Obviously, we've talked about this before earlier on in this episode that the Packers don't necessarily know what they're doing on offense consistently. So at least if they aren't going to be running it with Jones a lot, you will be getting a good amount of receptions by Lazard. Agree with that. Also lock him in wide receiver 21, Devonta Smith. So I have him inside my top 24. You're playing him like a wide receiver, too. We haven't had the big weeks from earlier on the season. That's fine. With no Dallas Goddard, this target consolidation is going to come down to the top two wide receivers. Maybe get a little extra Quez Watkins. We have to see what Grant, Cal- or Grant Calcutta is going to be. Jake Stoll, we don't know. I like Calcutta, but I don't think he's going to run away with his job or, or even be... Half of what Dallas Goddard was production-wise, I think ultimately they've consolidated down to the two guys they've been trusting all year long. And I think Devonta Smith will have a higher floor moving forward as a result. Yeah, I agree. And against Washington, he had 14 points. He's projected to get around 12, 13 points this week. So it's a pretty good average wide receiver to kind of numbers. Definitely play him this week because if you have him, there's definitely nobody else better that you want to play. There's definitely not. Cole Komet, I'm locking him in as a tight end five this week against the Atlanta Falcons. As we heard from Brian Scott, and this is all I needed to hear, he is should be okay. Let's dive right into our lookout four players. Lookout four. Yeah, just due to the matchup, uh, Marcus Mariota does come as my QB 15, so technically in streaming territory, but it's, uh, I wish you had a better option if you can possibly go to it. Let's talk about Devin Singletary. Let's, let's go back to our Blizzard game real quick. So we have some maybe concerns about the passing game, but do we have any concerns about the running game? And Devin Singletary, by the way, has still maintained, even since I don't know what they traded Naeem Hines for at this point, because James Cook's actually played more since they've gotten Hines, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, but Devin Singletary has definitely held on to his top rushing job, actually scored two touchdowns last week. And if it is really bad weather, they might get forced into running the ball a little bit more this week. So that's why, for me, he comes at an RB16. But what do you think? Yeah, definitely start him this week. This is a great matchup for him, especially if there's snow and they're planning on running the ball more. We've seen Singletary do great things these past few weeks. And like you said, Hines is just not a part of this offense at all, basically. I was completely wrong with the way the Bills were going to use that. I'll admit that right now because last time I came on here saying he was going to be amazing, take over <laughs> Singletary's role. That has clearly not happened because I noticed that when watching the Bills game this week. I was like, 
he he's not doing anything and cooks out there getting way more pattern receptions than him. I was like, okay, what's happening here? But Singletary is a great start this week, especially if they're going to be running the ball more. So make sure to start him. Absolutely. Another guy that we want to look out for, though, is Cordell Patterson. He comes to my RB26 this week. So I do have as a high in RB3, high in flex play. And, you know, Arthur Smith just makes me want to bang my head against the table. And the real question we have to ask ourselves when, with, with Patterson is, what's the volume going to be? What do we expect? His first game back, they said he was going to be on a pitch count. We're going to ease him in. That's what was said going into the game. He led the backfield with 13 carries, wound up with two touchdowns, should have had three that game, had not had a holding penalty bring back the third one. Then we fast forward to Thursday night. Now, maybe it was because of the weather. It was a hurricane season. It was bad. It was sloppy weather. Maybe it was because Carolina went up by two scores after that third quarter, and they decided that they just didn't want to get Patterson hurt. But we saw four-man rotation. We saw Avery Williams. We saw Caleb Huntley. We saw Tyler Algier. Patterson had five carries. He played the first half. He played the first drive in the second half, and then that was it. Didn't play in the game the rest of the way. So what are we going? What can we expect? I'm still ranking him like he should be the lead running back for the Atlanta Falcons. He does typically get the goal line carries when he is in the game. And this game is Chicago. That shouldn't get away from them. But are you going to trust Cordell Patterson in your flex slash low end RB two situation this week? If I have him and that is my best option, I will play him. If I have way better options, I'm going to put pretty much anybody over him just because. The Falcons are so inconsistent with their offense. Cordell Patterson has amazing talent. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing against him. It's just purely based off of the play calling that the Falcons does don't have pretty much because they really don't know how to use him. They see what potential he has, how amazing he is, and then just stops using him at all, completely. And he got three fantasy points against Carolina last week, which is absurd because when you have that much talent, you should not be getting three points for your running back one on the team. So if you have a way better option for your flex or RB2 position, definitely put anybody else there. But obviously, if you have them, you probably don't have anybody else. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that, too. I think there's a good shot he does get into the end zone this week. All right, let's go to our lookout for wide receivers. Okay, let's talk about Christian Watson, shall we? Now, I do have a wide receiver 31. Of course, he's an option in your flex against the Tennessee Titans. Yes, he's got to play a lot. I don't expect Randall Cobb to have a big role, even if he is active this week. Romeo Dobbs still out. He will be the second receiver to Alan Lazard as far as snap count concerns. Yes, we know he's got the big playability. That was never the question. And it finally hit this past Sunday. So he became the flavor of the week. But this screams Marquez Valdez Scantling to me. This screams it. Same, almost same size, has problem with drop balls. Rolling runs straight, doesn't run great patterns, and look at it last week. Eight targets, was only able to catch four of them. Seven of the eight were definitely catchable, by the way. And he was able to make the big plays, that's why he has the huge fantasy day. But this feels like one of those, like, ooh, he went off my best ball, or he went off my DFS league and did squat the following week. Now, Tennessee's been a lot better on defense. They did lose Caleb Farley, so that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of hesitancy because that would have been who was matched up with Christian Watson going into Thursday night. But I will play him the flex. Just know he's a boomer bust flex in my book. But Daniel, my question to you is this. You could t- talk about this week, but also talk about what is Christian Watson in your mind the rest of this season? 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. He's definitely not the wide receiver one because that's clearly Lazard. He is definitely that wide receiver who gets a few looks here and there, but ultimately does not do a lot for the team. That's the kind of role that I imagine him going on. Like you said, definitely a boomer bust kind of options. And he did only get eight targets, which is pretty low when you think about it. It's great that he was able to get 32 fantasy points out of that. Like, great, good for him. That's amazing that he has that talent and that he can produce that much. But if he's getting eight targets, I don't think that's going to go up from here. Well, that was the Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball 20 times. So that that's the other part of this, too, what we talk about, which is will they stick with their, what should be, their identity, which is a question in and of itself. Darnell Mooney comes in at wide receiver 25 for me this week. Obviously a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. And then the other guy we talk about. So this is interesting. In my lookout for category, I have Amari Cooper, even though I have him ranked as a wide receiver 11. Guys, the bye week when it comes to wide receiver is brutal this week. Oh my God, it's garbage. So he's still a wide receiver 11. Amari Cooper's been one of the more consistent guys. He's had a number of 100-yard, one to two touchdown performances, and that's ultimately why he comes in there. Now, besides the weather, because we've already addressed that, especially talking about the Bills' side of the ball, he doesn't play well on the road. On the road. On the road. Four games on the road. 17 targets combined over four games on the road. He doesn't even get looked at by Jacoby Brissett on the road. And it's not like the Buffalo, even even on best weather days, Buffalo Bills defense is really, really good. So, yes, I have him that high. I'm looking for reasons to move him down. That's how how inconsistent a lot of the options are behind him. But just don't be surprised if he gives you another dud performance like he did last week. But where's your confidence level on Mari Cooper right now? It's not super high, I'm going to be honest. It was pretty low going into the season just because he was going from a system with Dak Prescott as a quarterback to a system with Jacoby Brissett, which is automatically a huge setback for him. You'd think that he'd be a huge weapon with the rounds, but clearly Brissett does not think that, especially on the road, apparently. So... I don't have the biggest amount of confidence in him, but like you said, bye weeks are kind of screwing up everybody's wide receiver rotation. So if he's available, pick him up. If he's on your bench, you kind of got to play him. If that was your wide receivers are out or injured or whatnot. Yeah. Like I said, it's a brutal bye week for wide receivers. Uh, His counterpart DPJ. Now he's actually pretty good on the road. He does come in at my wide receiver 35. 
I think you can play him as a flex play. You're looking for the big play. Let's talk about talk about big plays. Let's talk about Gabe Davis. So he got his high, his season high targets last week at nine. Now with Gabe Davis, there has been a consistent trend. If he's playing against plus matchups, he does seem to do well. He finds his way. He finds a touchdown. If he's playing against a half-decent corner, because Stephon Diggs, it's not even necessarily Gabe Davis' fault. It's because Stephon Diggs is so good at getting open all the time, they just, they just don't go his way. It's just kind of how this whole thing plays out. This week, he'd be matched up on Denzel Ward, but Ward hasn't been the same corner yet anyway. So, Danielle, would you play Gabe Davis? I have my wide receiver 20, so I'm pretty much locking him in as a wide receiver 2 this week, and I'm full board. I would play him, but I would be aware of the weather, the amount of targets he's going to get, and you just have to know that he is not going to be getting every single pass because he is not that guy. We obviously have a team with digs and amazing weapons on that team, so he is not going to be getting every single look. So you just need to know it's not going to be the highest wide receiver two you've had this season, but he will be pretty consistent if, the passing weather is good enough. I will say this again. The nine targets, I was a little bit intrigued by that because I kind of wonder, like, is that something to do with Josh Allen's elbow where he doesn't always throw the ball to him downfield? Maybe he actually spreads it out a little bit more. Eh, Something to see uh, this week. Uh, We do have a question coming in from Big Trev. What's going on, Big Trev? What's up? Need some help. PPR, Rondale Moore, DPJ, Adam Thielen, Kadarius Toney, Michael Gallup, pick two. Thank you. Uh, I am rolling with Rondale Moore. And if the weather's okay, I'm rolling with DPJ. Otherwise, I'm rolling with Kadarius Tony. But what do you got, Danielle? Ooh, I was going to go Rondale and Thielen. You like Thielen, huh? Yeah. I mean, I know it hasn't been like the greatest season for him, but I feel I I love him. I have him on some of my teams and obviously hasn't been like the greatest season for him, but I, I feel like he has a lot of potential and he most of the time doesn't put up the worst numbers. So he usually puts up pretty average numbers, which is pretty, he's pretty consistent at putting average numbers up. So Here, here's something that's bothering me about Adam Thielen right now, though. They're trying to feature TJ Hawkinson. We know Justin Jefferson is going to get his. And what I found interesting last week in that game they did a lot to get K.J. Osborne going. It wasn't like K.J. Osborne got targeted his season high and it's just because it kind of just it – it didn't feel fluky to me. It was a lot of bubble screens. It was a lot of plays set up for K.J. Osborne to get the ball. I just wonder if Adam Thielen, who's not inside my top 36 this week, if he's just not himself because he's been dealing with that ankle injury throughout and it just seems like they're looking for other players to go to to be able to feature. We have – seen a completely different Thielen than we have seen other seasons definitely these past seasons he's been way more electric so I can 100% see the fact that he is kind of dealing with the injury uh big Travis is asking again so he's like I'm thinking I was thinking Rondale and Tony unless Juju or Hardman plays otherwise Rondale and Thielen yeah that would be fine again I'm probably going myself uh you had DPJ I'm probably going DPJ over Thielen no matter what but definitely watching what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be a good clue as far as Kadarius Tony is concerned because of course he is tantalizing I want to get back to our lookout for wide receivers though with the Colts wide receivers so we got Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell 
I have Paris Campbell ranked at wide receiver 30 this week, four spots ahead of Michael Pittman. Now, it's a tough match against the Philadelphia Eagles. While I lost Jordan Davis, their secondary is firing off and good to go. The good news for the Colts side, of course, Matt Ryan is now the starting quarterback, so there's at least more volume and competent volume to be had because watching Sam Ellinger was hurting my eyes. So thank you, Jeff Saturday, for that. But the reason I go Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman over the last three games that Matt Ryan has played Campbell is out targeted Pittman 32 to 27. He's outscored him. He's had three touchdowns in the last three games that Matt Ryan has started. Pittman has had zero. He gives you stuff after the catch. He actually can do things with the ball in his hands. Pittman gets the ball. He gets tackled right now, unless it's a good matchup or I think Pittman's going to be the volume hog in a particular matchup. I'm going Pittman. I'm going, sorry. I'm going Campbell over Pittman most weeks, I think, moving forward, including this week, especially against the Eagles, where the one place you can somewhat attack them in the secondary is the slot position. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, we saw this last week. Campbell ended up getting 20 fantasy points against Vegas, and Pittman got 12, which isn't the worst difference. I feel like that's actually pretty split, and I'm not going to lie, compared to other wide receiver duos. But it is clear who Matt Ryan has the connection with and it's not Pittman as much as we all want it to be Pittman because we've been talking so highly of him throughout the season. It's definitely not his guy. Campbell seems like the more reliable option. So if they're sticking with Matt Ryan for the rest of the season, which I hope so, it seems like they're trying to turn a corner, hopefully, then definitely stick with Campbell. I tend to agree. Look out for Kyle Pitts. He's at my tight end 12. I feel like that's going to be his like permanent ranking for me because he's more he's too talented for me to have him back in that like 13th or 18th slot but not good enough of course to make him any higher than 12 so he's going to perpetually be in that spot he did get eight targets last week that that's the good news all right that's the only good news I can frankly offer you because it was still only two catches for 28 yards Mariota's trying to hit him down the field Mariota cannot hit anybody down the field as was apparent in that game so we're stuck kind of here and also it kind of seems like only one can do anything, Pitts or London. And a lot of times, neither one does anything. But against Chicago, it's a very interesting matchup. So I will play Kyle Pitts as a top 12 tight end. Uh, Danielle, would you? Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, he does. He has the talent. And with this matchup, I hope they trust Mariota more because it's the Bears, guys. Come on, guys. Like, we They can make this a really really good competitive game they could absolutely lead by two touchdowns at some point but it really depends on how much they trust Mariota and how much they use Pitts in London be cautious of time for our be cautious of be cautious of Ryan Tannehill we're not going to play him be cautious of Aaron Rodgers now Rodgers is again because of the bye weeks and some of the other quarterback situations he is in the mix to be a low-end QB1. If he could be efficient like he was last week, which he was very efficient off the play action, hitting those bombs, there's room there. On paper, it's a good match, especially with some of the injuries that Tennessee defense is having to face. Because, yes, they while they've been better over the past month, you take up Caleb Farley, you take out Simmons, this is a much different defense. It's more like what we saw in the beginning of the year. So the opportunity is there. What's funny with Rodgers is that less is more. If they start throwing the ball over 35 times, He's not going to finish as a QB 12. If he throws it less than that, 
he's actually got a decent shot to do it. So just something to kind of keep in mind. Hopefully you have another option, but uh, he's kind of in the mix, but just, you know, danger, danger. The guy I want to talk about with uh, Danielle here, because we're not going to start A.J. Dillon either, is Kareem Hunt. Explain to me why the hell the Browns did not trade Kareem Hunt if their grand plan last week was to come back and give him seven touches. What's his value? When you have Dearness Johnson there, you have a good running back to go to. Why are you making this man suffer? Because that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I have no idea. And honestly, for the trade deadline, everybody knew that Kareem Hunt was leaving. It was kind of like said throughout the NFL, just like, okay, he's leaving. Just who is he going to go to? And obviously that didn't happen for him to be way undervalued, not cared about at all. I don't know why they decide not to use him very much anymore or care about him. It's not like he doesn't have talent. He has the talent. He's available to do amazing things. We've seen it in past years. So I don't know why they just don't trust him anymore, if it was injury-based or what. I hope they start to use him, especially during this game, because it should be a run-based game based off of what we're seeing. So hopefully, hopefully they use him, but don't rely on it at all for your fantasy team. Yeah, seriously. Uh, also, be cautious of Traylon Burks. He was third in the team in snaps last week, and I think that's going to ramp up. But because it's a short week here against the Packers, I don't know how much it ramps up right away. I do like his upside later on this season, but for this week, I would not play him. And Drake London, again, you're you're praying he falls in the end zone, because otherwise, just forget yeah. about it. We're not playing Robert Tunyon. And if David Njoku's not going to go, because of the way they're using Harrison Bryant in relation to Pharaoh Brown, I don't think you can play Harrison Bryant either, which is the only guy I would have any uh, interest in. So here's what I want to do. It's a quick break. We come back on the other side. We got three more matchups to talk about in this look ahead Wednesday. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. 
knows of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We're on a look ahead Wednesday here tonight. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe that we get notified when we have new content available. Download us on the Fox D Network app. And you find us on demand on your LG, Samsung, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV devices. You can also check us out on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. And give us that five-star review because that really does help us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Amater. Join here with my counterpart, Danielle Dubois. And we're going through this first half, week 11, week 11 preview. That's where we're at today, getting closer and closer to those playoffs. All right, we got the Jets and the Patriots. We got the Rams and the Saints. And then we have the Lions and the Giants to talk about in this segment. So let's hit it with the obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. I only got two for these matchups. I got Saquon Barkley, who is my RB1 overall against the Detroit Lions. No shocker there. And then I have Amon Ra St. Brown coming at wide receiver seven, who got back on track last week with the double-digit targets. And that's that's what you're looking for. Half point, full point PPR. St. Brown is a bit of a cheat code because he's just pretty much the only weapon they can go to now in the passing attack. It was nice to see him get back on track, though. Had been a bit of a disappointment to that. It is a tougher matchup against the Giants, but they are vulnerable against the slot position. So any any concerns, comments there, Danielle, with those two players? Not really. I mean, St. Brown's a great wide receiver. We've seen it all season. So if you have him, you're going to start him, especially now that the Lions traded away Hawkerson. Absolutely. So let's go to our lock him in. Lock him in. It's a lock. Don't have any quarterbacks in this category, but we do have a few running backs. Lock them in. Ramondre Stevenson at my RB10. We got the news today that Ty Montgomery will be out for the rest of the season. So if there's any question about Stevenson potentially losing his pass-catching role, that just went out the window. Demon Harris, is ever since he got injured, he's been ill. He's been all over the place. So he might be back to being 100% healthy. And even if he is, what we've seen is that at best... He's splitting the carry workload with Roger Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson is definitely their go-to guy now in New England. And especially, like you said, since Harris has been very inconsistent and injured and nobody really knows what's been up with him lately. Um, yeah, if they split carries, definitely Ramondre will be getting more of the receiving back kind of role. We've seen what talent he has with that. Stevenson, definitely a lock him in. Alvin Kamara, okay, he's my RB13. You have him, you, you got to play him. Look, Andy Dalton's supposed to be the better fit for Alvin Kamara, but he's not targeting him anyway. So I, I don't, James Winston at least get the offense to have a little bit more up and down action. So I, I don't even know what to think when it comes to Alvin Kamara. I don't know what to think when it comes to the Saints offense. They just look like they're perfectly content with never moving the ball except for one drive a game. And they don't they don't seem like they care. They don't seem like they care because they're not doing anything about it. They're not calling different plays. They're not making personnel changes. All I can say is Alan Kamara is too good of a player to be this bad, as bad as he's been over the past couple of weeks. And you have to play him. But man, is he ice cold. What do, you, do you think he breaks out of it this week? No, I don't, which I hate to say because Kamara went from being one of my favorite running backs in the entire league to somebody I completely forget about now 
which is so depressing. But ever since Breeze left that Saints offense, they just look clueless as what to do. They don't know who their quarterback is ever. You have a guy who plays tight end and quarterback and is always kind of thrown in that weird quarterback mix for some reason. And you don't give one of the best possible running backs in the entire league the ball ever. And when you do, it's really, really awful. He gets like two yards. So if you have him, you're starting him because you picked him up probably first round. But it's not going to be good. Yeah, you got to hope they just they get something going. They got to get a spark. It's the Rams. Their offense isn't good either. So the one thing that did happen to the Saints last week is that they got completely and utterly dominated in time of possession. I don't think that will be the case this week against the Rams. So that's the only silver lining I can offer there and see what they can help they can do with that. Uh, another Saints player, though, that I have to lock in. You have to lock in your lineups. But Chris Olave, the ceiling's just not there without Jameis. But the floor is. He's the only pass catcher getting the ball. It's been a while since he scored, I would say, you know, in a less professional way, he's due for a touchdown at this point with his target share. But that is basically what the case is here. And because he does have at least the floor, he still locks in as a guy who belongs in your lineup. And because this week sucks, he actually is my wide receiver nine. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, if you have him on the team, you pro- if on your team, you probably have to start him just because it's an awful bye week for wide receivers and we cannot stress that enough. But Olave started off with being one of the highest sleepers going into this season. Obviously started off pretty hot and then has really kind of lost his footing. So you can just hope that he gets a good amount of targets this week against the Rams. All right, Carmine, 23. Should I trade Damian Pierce and Tyler Boyd for Amon Ross, St. Brown, and A.J. Dillon? I still have Austin Eckler and Travis Etienne, and wide receiver one is C.D., but wide receiver two is Olave. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. No, I would not do that. If Damian Pierce is your flex, which judging from this, he is... That dominance does not make me want to go get Amon Ross St. Brown to upgrade my wide receiver two position. 
Chris, there's still a chance if if Andy Dalton duds out again. I don't see how you don't go to Winston. I know Dennis Allen came out today and tried to say that Winston's not 100% healthy. You don't know if he will be. I think that's just his way of excusing giving Dalton one more week. You can't put Dalton back out there again if he's going to be that bad. So the second Winston comes in, he's Olave suddenly has a, I would say, just as big, if not a bigger ceiling than Amon Ross St. Brown. And I would definitely want to keep Damian Pierce in your flex. But that's me. What do you think, Danielle? Yeah, this was... Pretty tough reading it, not gonna lie. I really was thinking about taking the other side of that, but ultimately, Boyd is also not a bad wide receiver by any means. Like, he is pretty good to have on your team. Damian Pierce is really great. Ultimately, don't think it's going to be worth it. Also, just Dylan is way too inconsistent. We talked about that earlier on in the episode, in case you missed it, but. AJ Dillon, we just never know how it's going to be because we don't know the Packers offense and what they're going to do each week. So it's definitely not worth that risk. Yeah, it, it, Carmine, if you had if you had Aaron Jones, then the deal would make more sense to me because then it's like, okay, you have AJ Dillon the handcuff. But right now, AJ Dillon's not a standalone play. So if you don't have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon is nothing more than a golden ticket lottery pick that you're hoping Aaron Jones gets hurt with at some point. Uh, so that that's the other aspect to that. Uh, he said, the thing is, Boyd is just sitting on my bench. Well, Boyd's a playable guy as long as Jamar Chase is out. So he doesn't really need to be sitting on your bench. You could, if you're tired of playing a lot, I have a lot of ahead of Boyd this week, but I also have Boyd as a mid-level wide receiver too. He's at wide receiver 16 for me. He could be an actual play if you wanted to go that direction. Uh, let's go into, oh, we got our lookout for players for this matchup. Lookout for I kind of already went on my Winston Annie Dalton rant, so we're going to go ahead and just skip that. Uh, we got Michael Carter and James Robinson. I got them both inside the top 30. Michael Carter at RB25, James Robinson at RB29. This team wants to be able to run the ball. We, we, we know this. That That's what LaFleur coming back from the Shanahan system, that, that's what it's all about. It's hard to do that against New England, but you also don't want to overexpose Zach Wilson. I think they're fine flex plays. I just wouldn't expect a big ceiling, but I think they can be in your lineups. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like they'll both get a projected like 10, 11 points, probably around there. New England, the way they play run defense is either they're really great and they block almost everything or they let everything through. And it's really, really fun to figure out which team they're going to be each week. Usually their defense is pretty solid though. Also, Zach Wilson and the Patriots, we've seen the um, amount of interceptions he throws against the Patriots. So I feel like the Jets are going to want to kind of tame that down a little bit by running the ball a little bit more. I I tend to agree. Uh, We talked about Damian Harris already. So my lookout for is Jamal Williams. Now he's an RB17, so you're likely playing him as an RB2. The guys are scoring touchdowns every single week. The only thing I was a little bit concerned about for this particular week is that he is uh, a little bit limited by something. I think they said today he's just going to be resting. That's why I didn't practice today. So it might wind up being nothing. But just kind of keep your eye on that. But Jamal Williams, while he doesn't give you a ton of breakout yardage or anything of that nature, if it's inside the five, he's your guy. Yeah, they always go to him within that red zone area when it's just Coming down the last few yards, they always just do a quick little pass to him. It's great for him. Like, I love to see his name pop up on the board because I do have him on my fantasy team. 
So definitely somebody to look out for this week against the Giants. I think it could be a pretty good matchup for him. So hopefully his injury that is hopefully going to be okay by Sunday, hopefully that works out. Yeah, it, 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 it just, he has to score, though, because the Giants, the one thing is that they have been pretty good as far as efficiency numbers go against the running game. Like, you're not getting over four yards to carry against them most weeks, no matter who you are. So kind of keep that in mind. He's got to get in the end zone, but a decent chance that he does. Other lookout for players, the wide receiver position, Garrett Wilson. So Garrett Wilson from week seven through nine, which is when Corey Davis got hurt and Elijah Moore was in the doghouse. It's wide receiver 19. Zach Wilson has finally seemingly started to trust him and go to him more consistently now. Now, I got him at wide receiver 27 this week. That's in reflection of it being a pretty tough match against the Patriots. And I don't think in my rankings, my projections, I have Corey Davis listed as out uh, just yet. So do you have the confidence to play him at least as a wide receiver three against New England this week? Yeah, I would play him as a wide receiver three this week. He got 17 points against the Bills, and the Bills have a better defense than New England does. So if that just shows what he could do against that defense, then I know that he can get easily up to 20 points. I don't necessarily think he will get that, but it is a possibility that he can be reaching that line against New England. And just watch the snap counts very, very closely. They're coming out of the bye week. So if they're going to make any adjustments, it would have happened. What we're looking for is Elijah Moore still third in snaps. Is he still well behind Denzel Mims in replacement of Corey Davis? If that is the case, then we're really going to start harping on Garrett Wilson rest of season as a, a buy-low candidate while your trade deadlines are still available to you. The reason being is that we saw what Zach Wilson did with Elijah Moore down the stretch last season. Garrett Wilson quickly is becoming that guy. He could be a league winner for the stretch run here coming up. So something just to kind of keep your eyes on this upcoming Sunday. Jacoby Myers, he is my prototypical, boring wide receiver three, wide receiver 32. He's the only guy you could trust the Patriots. He gets the targets. And uh, yeah, he's always a flex option, and you never feel that great about it. The guy I'm more excited to talk about, look out for Van Jefferson. Comes in at my wide receiver 19 this week. And we'll talk about this a little bit. I have heard a lot of people, of course, give a lot of opinions about who the pass catcher of the Rams is going to be now that Cooper Cup is down. And a lot of people in my, you know, experts along with me in my in my industry, and I have yet to hear anybody give what I think is the correct answer to this question. And I think it's because people forget what Van Jefferson is. People look back at what he was, you know, last year. He was asked to be the deep field threat to, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods or when it was Cooper Cup and OBJ the second half of the season. That's the role that he played. But let's rewind that. That's not what he's best suited at. When he was drafted by the Rams in the second round, me and Chris, we were doing our draft special shows we do every year, and we both hated it. The reason we hated it was not because we thought Van Jefferson was a bad player. The reason we hated it is because he had too similar of a skill set already to that of a Cooper Cup. He profiles as the guy closest to it. He's the guy who has the ability to run inside, outside. I cannot tell you the disgust I have had this week of people actually suggesting to me that Ben Skoronek is going to be the guy who steps up. He's a blocker. That's what he does. He does the down and dirty work. If he gets to targets, it's by accident. It's never featured. It's never part of the game plan. It's not game script for him. 
Allen Robinson, I'd like to say he could be the guy, but he seems to have his role. He's the outside guy. He's the red zone jump ball guy. That seems to be all he can do at this point in his career. I don't see that changing. The only guy who has the ability to go inside out, who has any explosiveness to his game whatsoever in this receiving core is Van Jefferson. When Cooper Cup went out last week, who played the role? Van Jefferson did. Oh, by the way, he scored a touchdown like within minutes of that happening too, by the way. So people forgot because he hasn't played much this year because he's been hurt. Well, he's back now. He's healthy. And if Matthew Stafford's going to be good to go, which he's practicing in full today, it's a pretty good indication that he will. I'm locking in Van Jefferson as a top 20 receiver this week because he's going to be the guy, in my estimation, who gets the ball. But what do you think, Danielle? Because I seem to be the only one who's been harping on this. You know, I didn't really think about it the same way that you were until you were just describing it. And as you were describing that, it makes perfect sense. And the more you went on that rant, I can completely see Jefferson kind of filling in that Cooper Cup role. And we saw it just last week. He had three targets, which three receptions, one touchdown, and he still got 11 fantasy points from those three targets, which just shows how much potential he has. And when I was originally making these notes, I didn't even notice how many receptions and targets he has. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy crap. Like, this guy has a huge potential, especially now that Cooper Cup is down. Cooper Cup, I'm going to be honest, is the reason they went as far as they did last year. That was the main reason they won the Super Bowl. Yes, there was other pieces on it, but Cooper Cup had an incredible season, and that is why they made it that far. With that aspect being gone and the Rams being the weird team that they are this year doesn't really know what to do anymore how to play football like they used to van jefferson is that missing piece while cooper cup is injured glad you agree and liked my rant the other guy that we got to look out for who could also be part of this rams equation is the tight end tyler higby who went back to having eight targets last week now, here, here's my problem, and I do have him ranked as a top 10 tight end. I have him at tight end nine this particular week. You can play him again and take a shot. They're going to have to go to people they trust, and Stafford, to this point this season, had trusted Tyler Higby until the Rams, after the bye week, seemed to make that adjustment of asking Higby to block more to help out that offensive line. And this is where I feel conflicted a little bit. On one hand, you do need to op- you do need to you know get some of those targets that Cup was getting and need to try to get targets that Stafford trusts out there and involves on the other hand well cup getting hurt doesn't help the offensive line at all so you still probably need Higby as your best bet to help out in that situation too I think this kind of boils down to how quickly and how well Van Jefferson can play and how far is he back from his injury can he ramp up to 100% workload right away but Higby's a guy that I'm going to take a shot on as a top 10 play, but I'm still a little bit hesitant because he still could get asked to block like he was previously to the cup injury before. But what, what do you think about Higby moving forward? I can see him getting a little bit more targets and kind of splitting the load in a way with Jefferson, especially now that Cooper Cup is injured. I think it won't necessarily be like most tight end fantasy points that we've seen. But I feel like it will be pretty average numbers. He did get 15 points against Arizona, which definitely says something going forward about how they will act now. Uh, the other lookout for guy, uh, the tight end position for me is Juwan Johnson. He does come into my tight end 13. 
I just want to say this, guys. It doesn't make any sense. His usage screams that he will have a huge regression at some point this year. The Saints' offense has been terrible, yet somehow he's been consistently scoring touchdowns. But because he's consistently scoring touchdowns, he still comes in as a top streamer for me. But let's go in the be cautious of. Be cautious of. We're still not playing Stafford. Shocker. Yeah. Without Cooper Cup, I don't know if we'll ever even think about Stafford again. But what about the Rams running backs? So Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson split last week. Uh, Kyron Williams and who everybody was talking about because, you know, Adam Schefter made him famous, basically. Uh, he had one carry. Now, he, it's his first week back. That could get ramped up at some point anyway. But, dear Lord, like, I just look at it. We, we tell you all the time in fantasy football, an NF, a starting NFL running back has value, except for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> the Rams are such a bad story this year with the running backs everybody kind of went after cam Akers. it seems like and then everybody was brutally disappointed about it i for one did not pick him up thank god i thought about it at one point and yeah you're you're not playing them it's that simple you can pick up pretty much any other running back that's better uh in case you're wondering when were we going to talk about deandre swift this is where the be cautious of and they don't play him. And he's not inside my top 36. I don't even have to put the graphic up category. I know he got a touchdown last week. So everyone was like, well, what happens if he gets more touches? He did get the touchdown, blah, 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 blah. He has not had double-digit touches since week one. That's what we're dealing with. As much as Dan Campbell has said he's healthy, as much as he said he will get more work, that has not translated to on the field. So the only way he can have fantasy value is if he scores which is hit or miss because Jamal Williams gets a lot of those carries inside the five. Stop playing DeAndre Swift. Until we see him get double the touches, at this point, I'm willing to miss out on a good week of Swift production before I plug him back into my lineup. Yeah, I don't feel the most confident in him by any means, considering the past two weeks he's gotten eight points. And for a running back, that's pretty pathetic. Not like, don't play him. I agree with the fact of I'd rather him sit on the bench and have like a huge week and then have me reconsider my options for the next coming week because I don't want to take the risk of playing him and then him getting four points against the Giants. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, also, not playing Elijah Moore. Not playing Allen Robinson this week. You want to pick up Allen Robinson and maybe I get proved wrong that he does wind up being the featured guy somehow, then we'll see that next week. You can play him the following week, but I wouldn't play him this week. Don't play in the Giants receivers. That should go without saying. And don't play in the Jets tight ends. They are still splitting too much work. Let's go into our mailbag segment. The mail's here. As always, all you got to do to get on the mailbag segment is hit us up on social media at Show. Any question you ask, we will help you out throughout the week, on the weekend, whenever you need us. And I'll pick out a few of my favorites and put them on the show. So, uh, Danielle, do you want to read these questions off? Yeah. So the first question is from J321. And he asks, should I trade Debo and Jeff Wilson for Aaron Jones and Devonta Smith? Yeah, I thought this was an intriguing trade question, and uh, my answer is yes. Look, Debo, actually, we didn't get to talk about him today because they're in the Monday night game, so we're talking about it tomorrow on the Clairvoyant Thursday show. But uh, he's not even inside my top 20 receivers this week. 
And I don't know when he's going to be because clearly Brandon Ayuk is still overtaking the role. And because there's so many weapons of the 49ers, Debo's not been a priority. And I, I don't know when you're ever going to be able to expect that he can be. Jeff Wilson's a nice player. He's a flex play. But Aaron Jones should be an RB1. If nothing else, he's at least a high in RB2 with upside. And Devonta Smith, especially now with Dallas Goddard out, might be looking at a few extra targets heading his way. So I really like this trade. What do you think? Yeah, I really like it. Devonta Smith is on a great team. Jalen Hurts has finally really hit his jive of what it's like to be a quarterback in the NFL, and he's looking amazing this season. And Devonta Smith is just one of his multiple weapons on that team. Aaron Jones is a part of a little bit of an inconsistent offense. We've discussed that a lot today, so I'm not going to go into that. But that's where I get my main concern with Aaron Jones, but he is still a good running back to pick up. All right, what's our next question? Gemini asks, trade Debo for Kirk. Yeah, I got a ton of Debo questions all week long. And uh, this, I think this question illustrated it perfectly. Christian Kirk is on a bye week, which is the only reason, and Debo's name is the only, the only two reasons why I think this deal could even get done. And I would do it in a heartbeat. Even if... I'm in a situation where I'm playing like you're in playoff mode now just to make the playoffs. I'm still going to do this deal. That's where we're at with Debo. And I'd rather have Christian Kirk the rest of the way. Yeah. And we've seen pretty consistent numbers from Kirk this entire season. He got 31 points his last game against Kansas city, which is just insane, especially for a Jacksonville wide receiver and not to be rude about the Jacksonville offense over there, but dang, that's, Pretty dang good for a wide receiver. I would definitely take that trade. And our last question. Our last question is from Steve, and Steve asks, Fields for Walker. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier in the show, and I was saying, would you sell high on Justin Fields? Because he's a guy that's commonly getting traded high for, because he wasn't a quarterback that you were depending on coming into the season. So you had other options. So you have to ask yourself, okay, do I trade this guy while he's an elite top five quarterback? Can I get an RB1? Can I get a wide receiver one back in value? This question illustrates the fact that it's possible. And yes, by the way, I am definitely, I will always trade a quarterback with, with maybe the exception of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I will always trade a quarterback if I can get an RB1 or a wide receiver one, especially an elite one in return. I would say yes to that. If I knew who your quarterback was other than that's that, fair. because that's where my hesitancy is. What was Kirk Cousins? If, yeah. If it was Kirk Cousins, I would probably keep Justin. Okay. Not going to lie. Because I, <laughs> I just really like Justin Fields right now. Obviously we don't know how it will be the rest of the season, but he is looking pretty high. So that was my main question. Other than that, if you have a good backup or you picked up somebody else, then 100% go for it. All right. I like it. We can close down the show on that. Danielle, thank you as always for coming on on the Wednesday nights. Guys, make sure we're back here on your YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe that we get notified at 10 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night for the Clairvoyant Thursday, the second half preview of Week 11. We'll be back on Friday for the Cashing Friday, DFS and NFL betting picks of the week, also at 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, next week, I know it's Thanksgiving. We will have at least an announcement over the weekend about what our schedule is going to be. I'm aiming for it to be the exact same, but I don't know that's going to be the case as of yet. So we'll stay tuned and make sure you follow us on social media at Show for that and for player news notifications. Uh, But Danielle, where, where can we follow you at? What do you got going on this week? 
You can follow me on Twitter at Danielle Dubois, just like you see on the screen. You can also follow me on Instagram at Danielle underscore dub. And yeah, that's I'm going to be here on Wednesdays every Wednesday. So Excellent. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.